today's show, Living Your Best Life. I'm your host, Rebecca Miller. We're going to be powered. If you haven't connected with Dave Power to Bain, you need to because everyone needs a bit of Dave in their life. Dave's story is one of sheer inspiration. What started out as the first kettlebell gym in a backyard shed in his hometown of Leeton has led him to the 30-day challenge, which has been delivered in five countries and has had over 6,000 participants. Dave is joining us today to share his inspirational story, his challenges, his wins, and now expands to not just the 30-day challenge, but an international motivational speaker and his new baby and new venture, his best-selling book, Power Man, which is addressing bullying in schools, and I can't wait for this podcast. Strap yourself in, peeps, because you're about to be powed. I'm super excited that today I'm actually being joined by Dave Powell Tabane. Um, Dave came into my life a couple of years ago when I was in an event and he actually delivered his 30-day challenge. Um, and I could just see uh, I really resonated with Dave because we were both, you know, I was a country girl, he was a country boy, and we'd gone through quite a few of the same challenges and he just really touched my heart. But what I really loved about Dave is that what he did was inspire people to change their lives to become the best the best version of themselves. Our podcast is Living Your Best Life. We speak to extraordinary people. And Dave, you are definitely one of those extraordinary people. <laughs> I welcome you to the show today. And I can't wait for, you know, for us to have this chat. So awesome to be here, Beck. Really appreciate your time. So let's get stuck into it. Dave, where did it all start? Um, you know, going through your bio, you know, 17 was when you started your first business. I would love you just to give us a really good rundown of exactly what brought you to exactly mm. where you are today. All right. It's a bit, bit of a story, but I'll, I'll give you a, the story about when I was 17. It was going through high school, year 12, and uh, the HSC marks was um, a big thing. And, you know, there's a lot of stress around it. A lot of, um, you know, unknown, like going, you know, what are we going to do after school, you know, and it was that kind of pressure of time and, you know, everyone, everyone has experienced that who go through year 10, 11 and 12 when they, when they do their final studies. But um, there was this moment that, uh, you know, it was, it was quite interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of pressure, you know, it felt like there was some pressure uh, at home and a few health scares and all this kind of stuff. And what actually happened was um, I got introduced like there's a teacher at our school called Mark Elliott and he was a phenomenal teacher. I really respected him, a really, um, really respectful man. And, and he was an ex-military guy. And, um, and he always looked out for me at school. And there was this time where he kept, kept saying like, Dave, if you can just focus that a little bit better and put your energy in the right places, you know, you'll go really far. And he really believed in me when I didn't believe in myself uh, a lot of times. And, and we started a, um, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, um, group where we learned, um, the fighting style, the, um, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he'd come and tried that out with us. And so uh, I really respected that. So when he then invited me to come try kettlebells, which we, which he didn't even like tell me what they were. He's like, you know, they're formal weight. He's very top secret back. He's his ex-military and quite a character. And, and so I, um, I went and tried um, these weights whilst I was doing my HSC study. So I was basically looking for any reason to get out of studying um and so um i went and trained with him and the first time i ever trained with him and the way he taught me about using your body uh to its advantage you know not um not just pumping weights for weight's sake sort of thing it was all about like creating a strong 
um, you know, strong body that can endure weight and endure loads over heavy periods of time. And it's not just aesthetics, it's about performance, um, you know, and work ethic and all these things that were tied into like my upbringing. Um, cause for me, like, you know, the, 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 the value of, you know, of my, me growing up as a boy or, you know, growing into young man was like how much, you know, work I could do and being on the shovel and, and being able to do a whole, a hard day's labor. And so um, when I found the kettlebell, I just instantly connected with it, uh, Mark's messaging and the empowerment around it. And, um, and I walked out of this little tiny shed, no electricity, a deaf dog named Barney that would you know, throw this, you'd throw a frisbee to it and pee on it and pick it up and expect it to keep throwing it for hours on end. <laughs> and so it was, um, you know, we had three bits of carpet, no electricity. And we, you know, I walked out of that place thinking that that was the most amazing experience I've ever had because um, I walked out feeling strong and powered and fresh, you know, and it was a training experience like no other um, because normally you'd finish training like, you know, absolutely wrecked. And so um, where it really started was, was I got exposed to that. The period of time there was some stress at home, um, you know, health wise um, going on and, and just financially and all these sort of stuff that, you know, for me, I was like, okay, I'm, this is where I'm turning into a man. This is where it's my time to take responsibility and uh, find ways to to change situations or at least change my future in that sense. And so um, it was like this perfect combination because my sister then started training with me and I saw I saw that had the same effect on her. And she she basically, um, you know, she really developed and found herself and become confident. And I love that. And I fell in love with just seeing someone light up, you know, when they're exposed and uh, to something that where they can um, showcase their strengths, you know, like, and I really, I'm really passionate about helping people find their strengths uh, to this day. So, um, look back, it was this, this crazy combination. I remember sitting um, in my English class and I received my, my HSC studies and I got a red dot for English. And um, that was the last mark I got. And all my other marks are really good in regards to maths and science and religion and all these other ones is really, really good. But receiving a red dot on that English letter, because in the year 11 and 12, I had 12 teachers, temporary teachers. So I had no idea what we're doing. We're supposed to be studying. Um, and, uh, you know, I probably didn't take enough initiative even to try and find out how to, how to do it all. And um, I received this red dot and I looked out the door and everyone else was getting their dots and going to go to uni and fulfilling their dreams. And, and my dream of university or anything like that, or even being worthy of university, you could say, was, um, was, was sort of crushed. Um, in that sense. And uh, so then I, it felt like I got very, very clear that I had to do something and um, something different. And I remember looking out the door that I looked up on the wall and there's this quote by Robert Frost who said, um, you know, there's two paths diverged yeah. and I chose the one less taken. Yes. And I read that and it just like sunk in. I was like, holy shit, I've got to, it was almost like I had to run out of the classroom that moment um, and make a change. And, and, um, and so what I did is I, uh, I, you know, I talked to Mark. I said, Mark, we need to start training people. We need to start exposing people to this. You know, there was, there was only marathon running or, um, or, or pumping weights with mirrors and stuff. I was like, oh, people just want to be healthy, want to be fit. They want to go there, feel great, have a social side. And so I've turned that little gym. Uh, Mark actually went away and I asked Mark, I said, Mark, can I continue the, doing these classes and start inviting people? And, and some of my friends come along and, and my sister and, and uh, we started. Um, and it was in that little tiny shed and, uh, you know, that shed for me was opportunity. That shed was everything. It like, I wasn't worrying about what I didn't have. It was for me, that was everything, you know, there's only one way. So that's, that's how I got started. It was out of the necessity and knowing that things had to be different. And, um, so yeah, so that's the, the real basic side of stuff and kettlebells is my vehicle. 
to help uh, people find and be empowered and find their strengths and capabilities and potential uh, to live their best life. Because I was really big about, you know, we train in here so you have a better life. You know, I'm, I'm, not, mm. I'm definitely not the person to say that you need to train as your life. You know, that's, um, that's, not, that's not me. You know, life is greater and uh, mm. should complement your life. So, um, and so basically, yeah, that's where it all started, Beck. So everything I do now is an extension of that. The Powerman Kids book is what I wish I had when I was younger in, in those schools. And, uh, you know, that little bit of direction that I, I needed and, and did get through different sources. And it's putting all that into a, into a, a book that can give these kids uh, empowerment strategies and ideas and, and uh, inspiration. Um, so, you know, when they're in their moment of their, their weakness, they can actually um, get the help. So then they can overcome the challenges faster, which means that they get to spend more time with quality people and friends and thoughts within themselves. It means they can actually utilize the time in school where they're actually learning rather than worrying about getting bullied or worrying about not having enough and all these self doubts and so forth, you know, so a, they can learn better and faster in, in whilst they're in a better mental space. And, um, and the thing is with the school talks that we do with that is, is, is actually resetting the boundaries. So all the kids, they're aware of their actions and how they can be affecting someone else. And if they need to apologize, they do, they take more ownership through this stuff and they actually start to spend their energy in better places. Um, so that's like the power man stuff. We've got a high school program that does exactly the same thing. And um, the challenge as well is just giving people back their power. So they're not confused on what to eat, what to think or what to do, cutting it back to basics and giving them the tools, the, the planning to, um, to get them there. So um, yeah, that's kind of where it started and that's where it's, where we're sort of leading into uh, today. And there's so many things you've achieved so much in your, (laughs) in your, in your life so far. I can't even imagine where the journey is going to take you. So talking about kettlebell, um, you are a world champion. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit of, you know, what were the, what's the, you know, what was the disciplines behind that mindset? What are some of the things that you've learnt and just tell us about how you ended up being the kettlebell champion of the world, mm. not just of the world. <laughs> of the world, well, uh, three-time world champion. Ben. Yes, <laughs> just as recently in Ireland, um, which is my experience. Got the, my parents come over and got to see me win my third world championship. Um, look back, the the competing was a side where, um, how do you say it was? It was like you know, I growing up I had sports and it was always something I competed in. Um, and you know, I, um, the, in, in the recent book that we're launching, it talks about when I, um, when my parents sold my motorbike, um, and you know, then I sort of was sort of wandering and looking for something else. And, um, and the kettlebell was that something else. And I got, I, I, there was back then there was the only time you could find out about kettlebells was in these underground online websites, um, was all like these strength forums and stuff. And, and I remember there was this, there was this challenge posted up. And, um, you know, and I was looking for a challenge and, and I saw it come up and I posted my numbers and the guy, Paul Tucker from Tasmania, who's the president, he who become the president of the Kettlebell Association set up in Australia. He then said that my, not in a rude way, but he said, your numbers are fake, you know? And I said, well, hold on a second. Like, who are you to say my numbers are fake? You know, I'll show you my number. Yeah. What do, where, who do I need to send the video to? And it was quite funny. And, um, and so he invited me to Australian championships and, um, and uh, I ended up going there and, is, and uh, in kettlebells, what it is, is for 10 minutes, you've got to lift, like for me in the jerk, so two kettlebells on your chest, uh, from the chest to above in lockout, like the Olympics does, with Olympic weightlifting, but you've got to do it for 10 minutes. You can't put it down. 
And so it's a, it's a very, like it hurts and you've got to keep going. It's like, a, it's like strength endurance. And then you do snatch. And, and the funny thing is, Beck, is um, this really set up the, the scene because what happened is on that day, I had my favorite pair of shoes and they were falling apart. And I remember on, when I stood up to the platform, I didn't have any of the gear or the, you know, the things that everyone had. And, and um, this, the guy who was winning the day so far, who I still remember to this day, was making fun of me. You know, look at this guy. Look at his shoes. Like he doesn't even know what he's doing. And then when I started lifting, it's 10 minutes. And my first minute reps were so fast. He's thinking, oh, this guy's going to blow out in one minute. You know, and, and he actually said, um, he said something and the whole crowd laughed at me while I'm in the, in the first 10 minutes. And so what actually happened was um, nine minutes later, I just went faster. And uh, that day I ended up setting the strain record in both categories and winning. And um, what it did at that point was it really gave me a lot of fuel and a lot of fire to want to compete. Um, and, and, and Beck, you know, I'd say that my, my reasoning to competing wasn't a healthy one. Mm-hmm. You could say because it was about beating other people, and the thing is, is the biggest. Well, not beating other people. The it was kind of like you know the competition is about myself, bettering myself. But there was a lot of times where I would then pin myself against other people and train as if they were going to beat me, like to a pulp. Mm. And so what would happen is, being in the country, I had this mindset where everyone in the city was better than me. And so what I did is I trained and trained and trained, thinking though, legitimately thinking that everyone is 10 times better than me. But what it did set me up for is when I'd go to the competition, I was absolutely blasting. And so um, so it's been a bit of a journey with the whole mindset shift, having to change from beating other people and, and doing that because literally it was like I would put my life in the line every time I stepped up to that platform. And, you know, there was, there was times if I look back in the mindset back and it's, it's quite crazy to think about, there was times where I was adamant that no one in the world could beat me at all. And if, if they did beat me, I would literally come back with an intensity that they could not match time and time again and just come back and back and back like a, like a dog sort of thing. And yeah. I'd beat them over time. And, um, and that got me to where I was. And Beck, the, the, probably the, the healthiest world championship I won was just recently where I wasn't really attached to the outcome as much. And I was just there to pump to have my parents there and, and pump to uh, do my best regardless of whether, how I felt or, or whatever. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like where it's evolved to now. So the competing was more to inspire, um, inspire uh, my, my members too. I used it to inspire my members to go, hey, if I can do this, you can at least come up, turn to your class on time and um, allow me to help you develop your potential. Exactly. And, um, and what and what about the disciplines behind that? As you said, it's not one, two, it's three um, world championships. Is is there a lot of training? Is there a lot of discipline behind that? Is it, you know, just, uh, you know, I, we talked about mindset, you know, your mindset was unhealthy. As you said, you went into the last one. You, were, you weren't attached to the outcome. You were just, you know, just happy to be there. What was the difference? How did it feel? differently were you more relaxed um did you have to you know what was the what's your preparation for something like that well um with the training uh in my absolute peak was you know i was training uh you know i was running like 27 gym classes a week uh working multiple jobs and also i was an electrician back then when i was in my absolute peak with this and i um would do four to five sessions a week um you know it would range from anywhere to an hour to two hours and i would lift um hundreds of repetitions so you know, of, the, of two movements, so I would snatch 
you know, I'd snatch, um, you know, for 20 minutes of like straight basically and, and do uh, 200 um, plus reps per side um, at either 24 kilo, 28 kilo or 32 kilo. Um, the jerk and so forth, you you do 100 to 200 reps um, per session with that. And um, back, yeah, so back what I did is four or five sessions a week. And what I then started doing is um, – my mindset shifted a little bit with the back because I was more about just efficiency. And so I found and learned some strategies in my training. I saw these patterns in what I did and how it equated to my repetitions. And then what I did is I'd cut down my sessions to three times a week as I, as I um, put more emphasis on touring and doing talks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did do with that over the years, Beck, is I actually cut out a lot of the prehab and rehab sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, right now I'm sort of just getting back into just enjoying fitness and doing a range of things because um, you can sort of develop um, movement patterns too much in certain ways. So I'm just like getting back to learning, uh, get my whole body sort of back in sync and coordinated. But the discipline back is you've got to you set the time, like the deadline, you know, I'll just, I'll just organize a competition. And so that was the pressure. So I knew it was coming. and couldn't avoid it. And then I would do the training needed um to perform on that day um Mm. yeah so that was that was um yeah i'd always set the pressure first and how does it feel being a three-time world champion uh i still uh, battle with it to to be honest back is it's really funny there's um ct fletcher this big big american guy who if you look him up on youtube is phenomenal guy and i talked to him this one time so a little bit confused about it i was like you know I was like, CT, you know, like I know there's, there was times where I was like, I'm the absolute best in the world. But, um, you know, that was pretty, I don't know if you'd call it ego driven or pretty desperate thinking or whatever. But there was times where I talked to CT and I was like, dude, you know, I know there's better people than, than me out there. You know, can I actually call myself a world champion? Because I know there's better people out there. And, and he goes, David, you know, uh, he's like, those motherfuckers didn't turn up on the day they ain't in the fucking race. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, yeah, you turn up on the day. It's not, in regards to competition, it's not about who's the best in training. It's about who's the best when you turn up on the day, which is about showing up. And so, um, so Beckett was something that I battled with because I, you know, due to the internet becoming more wide stream, is I could see people that were better than me. So it was actually hard for me to say that I'm world champion when I knew there was other people better than me. But, you know, as CT gave me that advice is, who on the day won the medal? And it's and that because those are the people that showed up on the day, and those are people that can say they won the fucking world title. And so, um, so that was some good advice that CT gave me, and it's helped me now. So, um, uh, I'd probably say it's just something that uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm glad I did, and I'm proud of I did it. And uh, now, it's kind of like you know, what's the what's the next sort of? I'm just looking for the next. Uh, the next thing, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, the 30-day challenge, I've been lucky enough to be in your 30-day challenge. That's how we met. But I've also brought you out to parks, which was absolutely phenomenal. I love hanging out with you. Um, so the first 30-day challenge, you started that, you know, quite a few years ago. What, what you know, I mean, it's turned into a, you know, it's changed. The, the, the business model has changed from what it originally was to now, you know, stepping into that online space. People are busier. Tell us about that, Dave, how it started and, um, you know, how you actually, um, you know, how it's evolved over time. Yeah. So the 30 Day Challenge, um, 
you know, how it started is I saw there was a fitness challenge going on around my local area. It was a 12-week one. And I, I participated in it and one of my clients got second and she totally rocked it but did it in a healthy way, you know, looking after herself, the thoughts, you know, the habits, the food and all that. And we got second. And we, um, I saw there was so many people that were doing unhealthy things. They were doing things from an unhealthy association to, to try and lose the weight and fat, whatever it is. And I just saw this yo-yoing stuff that was going on. And, you know, I saw a lot of uh, in the past, like my own parents trying to get fit and healthy and things like this. And they just fall off the wagon. And, and I was like, you know, there has to be a better way. And Beck, you know, the big thing around the 30-day challenge and this is what makes it different to other challenges out there is a lot of challenges tell you what to do. Flog yourself to death, minimize your calories, lose weight, great, right? But the thing is with that is once that day 31 or eight week or six week, whatever you do, what have you actually learned that you can implement for the rest of your life? So these things can work short terms, but I'm all about teaching them the long-term things and not even needing me. So anything I teach in the 30-day challenge is I'm empowering people to make the choices themselves. I'm just the trigger. You know, I'm just the small cog in the, you know, if you look at a bike, the the chain on a bike, I'm just a small cog. The people are going to do the work, but also have the tools. So in regards to the challenge, um, that's how we started it. I just wanted to provide a, a, a space, a time for people to actually uh, break through their self-limiting beliefs when it comes to what they eat, what they think, what they do um and to actually make the change um you know for long term as well so that's where it started you know to be honest uh every time i i show up to do a challenge as i just picture um i have this rule you know i'm going to talk to one or one thousand they're exactly the same so um you know i i show up for the people in the room i picture that i'm speaking to my parents when that when i was younger uh, in a way, so it's kind of like you know, I I use this um, this visualization technique that you know I'm here to talk to those people that needed it, just like my parents needed it, you know, or my sisters needed it, and that sort of stuff. And that that really charges me up and um, gets me to perform uh, and and you know run people through this challenge constantly over and over again. Um, but the big one, Beck, for the challenge, what it does is it helps people create a healthy association with themselves, the why they're doing it, because everyone can want a six pack. At the end of the day, you can get the six back in an unhealthy way and still be upset and sad about your life, um, you know, or you can get the six back and actually, um, you know, be really happy and, and really proud and, and know exactly why, but the six back was not your, um, not the way you judge yourself. You judge yourself based on the healthy habits you have and the healthy associations and the six pack was a byproduct, kind of like the five kilo, dropping five kilos in, in a month is great. But when you know how to repeat it over and over again, at any time in the future when life gets too busy, that's empowering. And that's what we do with the challenge is we give people the tools. So when those moments in life where things get off the rails, they get stressed, they put on the weight, they know exactly how to get back, which then gives them peace of mind and also um, gives them quality of life. Because Beck, how many people out there right now have been telling themselves they want to lose 5, 10 kilos? And when they do, then they'll feel great. You know, or, you know, and they put it off because they don't know the strategy. They try four days, four days down the lever, down the, down, four days down the track, they fall off the wagon, life gets busy, their strategies are failing them. And what actually happens back, and this is the biggest thing I'm glad I'm sort of going there is, is a thing called learned helplessness, where if we've tried things a few, a fair few times, we actually stop trying and we stop trying after blaming everyone else, but then we end up blaming ourselves. 
So what I love to do is re-empower people to have them fully understand that they do know what they need to do. They do have what it takes to get there and they do bloody deserve it as well. And they're bloody Mm -hmm. worth it. And so uh, once we flip that and we get people to actually try again, but with better strategies, which actually leads to the success, they realize how powerful they actually are, how motivated they actually are, you know, how much willpower they actually have. And that's the empowerment side of things, Beck. So that we, we, we do that, we line it up, and then people, they never have the, the problem of, of um, stressing about losing five kilos or getting their health on track because they know they're only one shop away or one phone call with me away from getting back on track. And, the, and Beck, the shorter, this is all success is, the shorter we can have those off periods. So if there's someone who out there who every three months, every three years, sorry, they get bloody motivated and try and do something, but then they fall off and then they wait another three years. We can turn that person into a three-monther. For a three to three-month, they get two and a half or mm. 2.7 of their life back. That's life. And if there's a three-monther, we can turn them into a three-weeker. And anytime they ever fall off, it's only ever three weeks. You know, that means they're having 12 attempts in one year rather than one every three years. If we can turn a three-monther into a three-weeker, three-weeker into a three-dayer, where you're only ever off for three days and you're back on track, you feel you're out of a rut, that's getting a life back. And then three-dayer, three-hour, three-hour, three-minute, three-minute, three-seconds. And that's high performance. And so living your best life, I'd, I'd say, is as humans, we all fall off. But how do we get back on faster? And how do we have better coping mechanisms so we don't go as low every time we fall off? Because you don't always have to have your whole life to explode for you to then realize, hey, I need to pull myself in line. Let's get there. Because that's how you experience more joy in life. And you actually get more done in life because you're not sitting there with self-doubts and, and bloody, uh, you know, not feeling good in your health and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff, living disempowered. That's and, and the great thing that I love about your program is it does, you know, you get that, you know, the mindset information. There's more to it than just being given a, a strict diet and, you know, flog yourself at the gym. <laughs> you know, and then it actually, you've actually worked out, your eating that suits your lifestyle and, you know, that you give a recipe book that with so many different ideas in it, um, it must be really rewarding actually hearing a lot of the stories from people, um, you know, some of the, you know, the feedback that you get. It must be something that really, you know, fills your cup, I guess. Yeah, and more and more. Like, uh, Beck, you know, like for me, um, you know, in those early stages, I was I was on a mission, like a huge mission. Mission, but what I did in what my own personal flaws in that is, um, and this is how I know all this sort of stuff is for me. You know, like I would I would do a world tour, do five countries, but in my eyes, I was like, you know, the 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 problem's so big, it's not enough. So even though I was doing great stuff, I didn't give myself that credit to go, wow, look what you're doing, you know. And and that was my own, like I kind of like I not enough to myself. So what I was actually helping everyone else with, I actually like did that. So now more than ever, Beck, is I'm bringing it back down, actually being able to receive the thank yous. Look at, I look through my phone and the thousands of messages of people telling me how much it changed their life, their family's life. Um, you know, things have been struggling for 20 years. Now I can actually allow that to come in and that fills me up. You know, so more and more as I do this, Beck, is allowing myself to fill up from the good from it which then allows me to drive even more, but from a healthy association, even myself. Because uh, as I said, I'm not teaching anything that, you know, I didn't have to find out the hard way myself. You know, I'm sharing the tools and tips and strategies from working 
um, with thousands of people, but also, um, also, uh, you know, by learning the hard way myself, you know, I'm human too. And I have so, to, uh, yeah. and even in presenting the 30 day challenge and becoming a motivational speaker, um, and being so authentic with your stories. Um, and I think that's one of your, definitely one of your superpowers. You've got lots of energy. How did, how did Dave, Dave go from, you know, that, that, that late, late boy to now an, you know, an international, you know, motivational speaker? It's what, what are some of the, what are the, some of the things you've had to overcome to get to there? Uh, in regards to overcoming heaps of things like back, you know, there was, uh, you know, I grew, how to say it was, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, my earlier age for me is I wanted to transform. I wanted to be kind of like the savior, the hero of my own life. Um, you know, my own family and that sort of stuff. Um, in that sense, you know, that probably, uh, did put me in a lot of different pressured positions. You know, I've grown my business through, um, bad sources of credit, you know, not the smartest sources of credit you know, which, um, which has taught me a lot about financial health as well. And our relationship with that is very important. You know, I was very, very trigger happy in so many ways to put myself in certain situations. So not that I look back and regret any of those situations that I, that I put myself into, but they were definitely challenging, um, definitely challenging when, you know, they impact other people outside your life. You know, there's, there's a certain risk, um, you know, that I took that for me and my family, in that sense, to get out of these situations and to put myself in the right room. So financial stuff is, uh, you know, that only taught me more about how important financial health is. Um, my own self back is due to like doing these tours. It was pretty crazy. Like um, when I moved to Sydney and sold my business, I got shingles the week out before I was trying to break a world record. Um, you know, that was a pretty crazy experience. And then somehow from the shingles, I was kind of a little bit uh, my body just didn't didn't bounce back very fast, but I kept on the heat. I kept on the accelerator, um, and then I planned a, a world tour to five countries. And the night before I flew out, um, I got this pizza, and I um, it was pretty crazy. The I took two bites into this pizza back, and the third bite um, there was glass in the pizza, and it crunched and broke all my teeth. Mm. And so um, that was the night before. So I spat it out, took it back to the pizza place. You know, just sort of said like, hey, this is what happened. Didn't didn't process it further. Went home. But what actually happened is I then developed a um uh, an infection in my teeth. And so I'm flying over on this plane in pain. And um and I took a packet of Penadol and two packs of Nurofen, which is silly. Um, uh, but I was in that much pain. And I for some reason I thought that, you know, you can't overdose on on um Penadol. But the thing was with Nurofen, two packs of Penadol of Nurofen is enough to kill both your kidneys within a week period. And I took three packets all together. And so I get overseas. I'm doing this tour. I couldn't eat. My body's shutting down. My, my, I'm getting bloated. And so I kept pushing forward and, and doing this sort of stuff. But um, I've actually only got one kidney from a birth defect when I was younger. And it had to be cut out, which is part of the story too. We're talking about another day. But um, what happened then is my, I, I then got developed. I had a liver damage, which I didn't know. I only found out last year. And then I, my kidney was, um, had a deficiency in my kidney. So these, these, these things happen, but I just kept pushing forward. And, um, it even got to the point last year back where in October, I actually lost my vision in a workout. And I, um, I just happened to be given a, uh, a, a Chinese herbalist guy's, um, doctor, Chinese doctor, um, number that day. And so I was lucky he'd come around and, and he, and he said, you know, you have hot liver and he pointed out a few different things, which then. I then started to actually look 
go, okay, what, and it started to address things. And um, it's been a wild ride since then. I've got my fitness back, my health back. And um, these, are, these were challenging things, Beck, because over these last five years, as much as I would perform on the day of competing, my training and my energy was getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower, uh, which really scared me. Um, and so, and, and that was, uh, that was my own personal thing. But one thing back that I continued with it, even though when I lost my own fitness, that was sort of like taken away or my lost my own health is I never stopped doing what I knew was right. So, um, you know, by helping other people get out of their hole and if anything back is I actually used it as motivation to go, well, I know how much I need it to a degree and actually did more because I knew how many other people were out there suffering and, you know, struggling. And so that's where, you know, in the challenge, we talk about developing a solution-based mindset rather than a struggle-based mindset, because, you know, some, a lot of times our default is struggle. We use this language and it actually poisons us and then it makes things harder. So, mm-hmm. um, so Bex, there's some of the, some of the challenges, but you know, I've been, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely grateful for great people like yourself, like meeting you last year was around that time. And, and having your, your light come into my life at that time, really just like, it just opened up a whole world for me and reminded me of all the, all the good and all the amazing experiences and things like that, which really was, uh, was absolutely like divine timing in that sense. So mm. uh, I, I got you to think for that. And, and uh, yeah, so there's been lots of challenges like cars breaking down, you know, I should give a special mention to um, a guy called Steve Ledden back who, um, amazing guy when we first got power man book actually my my car one car broken down i didn't actually have the money to repair it and i was driving my old ute and it blew up on the highway i ran out of money total money totally run out and i'm on the side of the road and um and i and i just had the power man book and i just i just there was this moment where i stopped you know not caring but i i just let go of the situation I was in, the stress, and I remembered I hadn't hadn't read the book in its in its physical form because I had just one copy. It's the first copy, and I fully just had this let go moment. Sat there, took a photo of me with the Power Man book, put it on Facebook, and just read the book. And uh, I was halfway through the book. Steve Lenning called me, and he's from Wagga Motors and Mercedes Benz Wagga Wagga, and he reached out and they helped me out for car to get me through the tour and back to Sydney, and have helped out. Um, help and throwing all their resources to help me this far in the process so um there's heaps of different challenges but i'm I'm just really grateful for amazing people that have come into my life uh, and, and i think yeah. the, that that happens right at the right moment and and <laughs> it works in mysterious ways i mean that's, that's an amazing story um and uh, like i i just and i know when you shared with me that he was lending, you know, lending you the car. I was like, wow. And and, and what are, you guys have just, you know, you've gone from strength to strength and I think you've had a couple of his cars now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, they've, they've helped me out for another one and I'm actually looking to, um, to buy a car now through them um, and which is, you know, I'm I, like for me it's like, you know, I want to bloody, I want to support you guys as much as possible and, uh, you know, they that you know that really changed. That was another defining moment in life and, it was, you know, it was just like, the generosity yeah. of human beings. Yeah, it was it was wild, absolute life changing. Power Man wouldn't be where it is today without that. Um, you know, I wouldn't be to, to here today without that. And and back back to you know, like how did Dave go to like international speaker and all that sort of stuff? 
it's by not giving up and constantly putting yourself in the right places, surrounding yourself with the right people, um, you know, and getting your message out, like getting fired up about that and, and, uh, and how do you say, like progressing through your challenges, learning through them. And, um, and, and also too is being prepared. Like this is the big thing back. Everyone, if we put it on a pedestal too much about the international speaker, whatever it is, it sounds too big. But, you know, my, I'll tell everyone, my first ever talk international was actually at my friend's gym who they, uh, they when I met in a gym uh, when I was competing over there. And he'd just gone out on his own to do a gym. And I said, hey, mate, I really respect what you're doing. I know how to do this challenge and the results and what we do and we'll help your gym. Um, I'll take the, I, I, man, I'll put my own money up for it. And I went over there and we did it. And that was my first speaking gig over there like years ago. So it doesn't have to be in this big stage or whatever it is. It can start small. The main important thing, Beck, is to start. And starting with, if it starts with one, be prepared to rock it with one person in that room. And, um, and that just allows anyone out there who's wanting to get started is I want to see, like, look on the micro if you want to go macro. Start acting and doing it rather than holding back, hoping for one situation to come out. Is just get in there, stay in motion, get it happening. Yeah, exactly. And I know with me, my biggest fear in my whole life, I would have preferred to die than speak in public. And, <laughs> and like literally, I just knew um, it was holding me back. And I just thought, and you know what, the first few times I did it, it wasn't great because you're just so full of nerves. I think the biggest thing is, is knowing that you're actually serving people. Um, and yeah. once you take the emphasis away from yourself and you actually focus on the people that are in the room, people that you're trying to inspire, people that you're sharing your story with, yep. uh, you know, a lot of times people see um, us or, you know, somebody like yourself who has a massive following um, that, and they sort of think that life's perfect. And, and one of those things that I really love about you is that, you know, you really make sure people know that it hasn't been an easy journey. And, um, and I guess this is where the power book sort of, this is where we need to probably talk about the power book. I mean, you know, from 30 day challenge to, you know, speaker to now, you know, you've, 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 you've got this amazing power man book that you're touching the lives of children now and, um, you know, tell us about that, Dave, because it's, it's definitely something that is just yeah. so inspirational. Inspirational. You've been in the schools here in parks. Yeah, yeah. You, um, actually, you, you actually lined me up my first talk when the book first came out, so I got, I got you to thank for that. And, um, and Beck, so the Power Man book, should say, you know, like, hey, you know, people say, like, how do you get a book? And, you know, it sounds like such a big thing. I'll tell you how it actually got started is um, there was a kid in in kabucha aiden and he was a he was an artist and he wasn't really releasing his work and he did the 30-day challenge lost 11 kilos and at the end of that he drew me a picture and said your power man thank you for helping me find my confidence and he sent me this picture and i was like power man you know i always had this dream and vision to do that and help empower kids and so i got that picture and i put it on facebook and i said it's coming power man is coming now, the funny thing was, I didn't even think about it, is I had a publisher who did my challenge down in Aladulla who was talking to me about a book with, um, with the challenge. And he saw that and he called me up and he said, Dave, what are you bloody tell me about the power man? You know, and I was like, oh, guess I didn't even think about it. And, um, and, you know, like, and so he's on that phone call. He said, this is it. This is, this is what we need to get out there for the kids empowerment. Um, you know, we need to have them overcome their challenges and, and how do you say that, turn negative into positives and, 
and all this sort of stuff. And he signed me right then on the phone. And you know, the it's very you know it's, it's a the it's a it's a crazy beautiful story. The whole Powman sort of stuff. But um, sadly, Gary uh, passed away at the end of last year. And mm. um, so this is a bit of a legacy thing for Gaz. You know, his belief in Powman and and it's all about empowering kids from within. So teaching kids how to respond better to, to, to the challenges they face rather than react and lose their power. Because in, in today's world, if you think about when we go to school, we're there to learn. But if we're bogged down by self-doubts, bullying, and all this kind of stuff, we can't take on the learning experience and we can't really develop ourselves. And so, um, you know, so many kids out there and, you know, the story, Beck, is um, it's, about, it's a true story about me and my first friend I ever made. Um, his name in this book is Stu, but his real name is Dan. And, um, you know, it, that story it talks about, there was actually a situation where he was getting bullied and I actually got there and I didn't know what to do and I froze. So I was like the bystander and, um, and you know, it all got broken up and, you know, I actually felt bad. You know, I was like, you know, this is not what friends should do. I should be able to help. I felt disempowered by not being able to help my mate. And so that's where I went back and, and seeked advice from my dad and friends and, and, um, you know, and, and we, and that's in the book, you'll see a power plan where we get strategic about how we're actually going to combat the situation. Because, um, you know, when we, when we were in this situation, if we react a lot of times, it could actually make it worse. And we actually give power to the bully. So teaching these kids how to have, how to not lose their power to begin with and how to better handle situations and strategies and, uh, and challenges. Um, you know, I see that, uh, you know, that's a big thing that kids need to learn. And I needed to learn more when I was a kid. Um, so therefore, I can actually progress past the challenges a lot easier. And so that's what the Powerman is. The first book's about bullying. The second one's about bullying. We introduce a, um, a, a girl character, Frankie, which is amazing. The third one is actually about uh, removing the stigma around seeking help from professionals, whether it's psychologists, school counselors, teachers, parents. Um, so it's removing the stigma. So it's actually cool to actually seek help from the right people rather than bottling it up and, you know, letting our worries get to us. And we talk about becoming a warrior rather than a warrior, a warrior. Um, I can't even say that properly, but, um, yeah. And then we got the, the other books are all about associations with learning. You know, those times where I was bullied, where I couldn't read. And what I did then is I went, I, instead of taking on board any longer, is I went home that day and I got out my sister's um, goosebump book and I read it one word at a time until I finished the book and I even got my ruler out like the teacher said. I finally listened to him and I actually read it one word at a time that by the end of the book, I couldn't even read. I didn't even know what the book was about because it was literally one word at a time. But the thing is, I went from I can't read to I can read. And so that's part of the messages we've got coming with the books is teaching kids to change their inner language within themselves. So they go from I can't to I can. And then they are open to progress and learn, take things on and create healthier habits and therefore feel more empowered themselves that they can overcome their challenges, whether it's educational or whether it's personal, social and things like that. It's just absolutely. And I saw, and the kids just, you know, they're really, really taking it on board, aren't they? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to read. Um, I think bullying definitely needs to be addressed at a younger age. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 definitely it's definitely where it has to be addressed because that's where it all starts. It leads people into their their adulthood. Yeah, you know where they're where they're held back. You know, people that don't want to oh, go to the reunion yeah. because it's been horrible experience. Yeah, or you've got your bullies that um, you know they haven't learnt the lessons as well. Oh. And 
can I, can I say on that is the big thing is how many people out there, and we all know it, how many people have actually held on to things from high school still in their daily life? You know, I'm 30 and there's still things I'm progressing through and there's so many people, you know, that I, that I chat to and they go, yeah, you know, like I still remember who my bully was and I still, I'm still processing it. So the big thing about that is how do we allow, allow ourselves to actually let go of this and progress beyond it and rather than holding it on? Because a lot of times something that happened in year three at school, that can actually affect someone for the rest of their lives if they let it, you know, mm. and, and, and it wasn't their responsibility yeah, it wasn't their fault, you could say, back then that it happened to them, but it is our responsibility to heal beyond it and not allow it to have, like I say, uh, be like handbrakes through our life. So, you know, this is all about giving people their life and their empowerment. That's what empowerment is, like giving their life back um, sooner so they don't have to wait till 30 or 40 and got their own kids to then go, hey, I need to address these things. They can address it now. And, and the cool thing about Power Man book is when the, kid, when the parents are reading it, they actually address the things that they went through, um, you know, and they're motivated to help their, their, their kids, but then they actually address their own stuff. So therefore they become empowered too in the process by helping their kids, which is a pretty empowering thing too. And I guess it would be also influencing teachers as well. Yeah. Giving them a tool, a resource. And we've got teacher school notes as well. So that fit the school curriculum. So kids, the teachers can actually hold workshops within their classroom um, and lessons on this sort of stuff. So the teachers have, are better prepared and they've got more resources because teachers are under so much pressure today to be, you know, this ideal, perfect and all this sort of stuff, but there's no such thing as perfection. We've got to work through it and have the attitude that every day we're going to be working on getting better. So the more I'm really passionate about getting these teachers to actually meet in regards to what we're doing, we're trying to support these teachers to be able to uh, make a bigger impact within their classrooms too because this is bigger than any one of us. And uh, in regards to bullying, Beck, you know, anyone out there who, you know, in regards to bullying, we are all bullies. You know, we can actually, uh, the biggest bully will actually be is actually to ourselves. And so the big thing about this is that actually acknowledging any times where, you know, we have bullied another person due to whatever hurt state that we were in. And the big thing back with this whole message is we apologize for our actions and our past. And our past mm. doesn't have to equal our future. And what the future needs is changed behavior. Okay, and that's what the big thing is about and, and not bullying the bully because if we bully the bully, we create monsters. And so it's about getting the right help for the right people. It's, a, it's about apologizing for your wrongs and creating a better future and a better action next time. And that's, that's allowing people to um, progress and move on because there's that, that saying, every sinner has a past. Uh, what do you call it? Every saint, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And yeah. um, so the big thing about this is, okay, what can we do now and tomorrow uh, rather than letting the past hold us back. Mm. And so, um, yeah, the more resources, tools, we've got local he hero community groups where people who want to make a difference in this space um, can actually reach out and use a Power Man book and teach notes as a resource to go in and speak and share their story. Um, so we're, we're, it's, it's phenomenal, Beck, what's, what's coming up with Power Man. Oh, that's excellent. Have to ask you, what's the best piece of advice you've been given, Dave? Um. Yeah, probably let go of the future and create a better past. <laughs> so, so let go of the past and create a better <laughs> future. You know, like so um, a lot of times, you know, we get, you know, we get caught up in, in holding on to things of the past is accept what was, um, let it go and move on. You know, create a better future. Um, you know, again, you know, change behavior in the future is the best thing we can do. So, um, you know, the more we can work on that and spend our energy in creating a better future, 
the better we will become, the better our life will be, the more joy we'll have. Because anytime we don't spend our energy there, we're giving energy to the past and the thing is we can't change the past. And so it dissipates out of our life. So if anyone out there is feeling really low energy and things like that, I want to ask yourself, how much energy subconsciously am I actually giving to the past? Oh, if I did that better, if this happened more, if that person didn't break up for me, or if only this happened, I wouldn't be bloody 10 kilos overweight, whatever it is. Can't change any of it except what it is. Drop it all off. Write all that if you need to. Burn that piece of paper if you need to. Whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, focus on what you can. You know, the next person you meet, the next meeting you're in, the next day at work, whatever it is. Start up, make your bed, whatever it is. Do small things, incremental things. Change the internal language. That's a huge one. Because, Beck, if I could give anyone a piece of advice, the way we speak directs the, our habits and also our feelings. It's a three-step approach, but we must change the way we speak to ourselves and to others, setting healthy habits to then expect to feel anything different, create momentum with it. Because even if we have a healthy habit, this is a huge thing. If we have a healthy habit, but we have a negative association, we start from a place of debt rather than credit, is we won't get the good feeling from it. And then we'll say, stuff it. I might as well be fat. I might as well bloody not even try because then at least uh, I'm not wasting my time and energy on and disappointment. So you got to change the internal dialogue, set up a habit and actually get the feeling. Because, Beck, have you ever met someone who's actually got a really positive, really good, great, uh, you know, self-worth in regards to they speak, but they don't, they don't bloody live off vegan salads. They eat pizza, drink some beers here and there, whatever yeah. it is, but their association is really positive and they still feel great. They go, hey, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you can have people eating a vegan salad, but they're saying, I'm too fat. Look at my wrist. It's not yeah. skinny enough. You know, and therefore they don't feel good. So we must, this is more and more, I'm putting more and more focus on this is really changing that internal dialogue. And then the habits, you don't have to be extreme. Yeah, you don't have to be extreme. You can you can find what suits your life, come from a great space, then create the feeling. And then every time you go through that cycle, it's like, you know, you high five. And every time you go through it, you then start creating momentum. And that's how you, I believe that you start to live your best life. Mm. And so speaking of habits, I'm a very big believer in creating, you know, good habits, daily routines. What's some of the, the things that Dave Power does to, you know, to, to obviously, um, you know, improve, you know, keep you in flow, I guess? In flow. Make sure I brush my teeth morning and night. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that teeth incident where I um, had glass my food uh. and smash all my teeth, um, you know, I'm really big on, um, uh, dental hygiene every day. So, you know, I'm, uh, little things like that, making my bed, um, keeping my room clean and tidy, um, cleaning my teeth, um, showering. These are very simple things, but then like in the, you know, they're things to tick off They're wins. And if you can get pumped on those wins, um, you know, I feel that it gets you momentum for the day already. And then, uh, in the morning, I like to, um, go over, the different aspects of what I do and remind myself like every single day, my little mantras. Um, yep. So I do a little bit of journaling in the morning. Um, and then what else? Fitness is a big thing in my life now. So like getting, getting around group fitness and, and really having a, uh, I hate to say like that, that social aspect of fitness. I really love that now. So making sure I around sweat each day. Amazing people. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to people in that sort of sense. And um, yeah, they're just my main habits. And, uh, you know, I'd say like setting goals that are going to, um, setting deadlines in regards to that, like times where all the pressure sort of thing. Like, so right now I'm just setting a tour to go down to my regional town, Cowman, 
So I set them and then I work around it. Mm. And so um, having something to strive for is very important. And um, the, probably say more now than ever before is finding that time for quality friends with where I don't have to talk about work or whatever it is. Um, you know, I schedule that in as well. So I'm not mm. just push, push, push. You know, it's heaps of fun. I try and fill my day with as much fun as possible. Um, yeah, so fun, fitness, good food, water, good hygiene, and, um, and good thoughts. Oh, I love it, Dave. Thank you. So what's next for you, Dave? Uh, Beck, I'm just about to unleash in regards to the speaking side of things. Speak. We've got the 30-day challenge now for corporates, for businesses, so people can get me to come in and, and do a custom basic 30-day challenge for their businesses to get their staff absolutely rocking because the better they are health-wise mentally and physically and nutritionally, the better they are productive. And just the big thing, Beck, is overall happy. You know, they're for more fulfilled in their their social life, their business life, their family life. So I do that for businesses. Um, the Power Man, we're doing some tours and going back to where where it all started, my hometown. Um, we're going to Leeton, Yanko, Naranda, Griffith, Wagga Wagga, um, doing all the school talks down there and helping uh, help empowering kids with that. Um, I've got a high school program called Drive Own Your Choice, where we've got virtual reality headsets teaching kids uh, how to take more responsibility. Uh, ownership and become more self-reliant and so we put together a book um, which is going to be cool a bit I haven't really talked about this yet but we've got a book that kids can get um, and parents can buy for their kids that has all the how-tos on how to pay your bills set up your uh, rental agreement how to open up bank accounts how to get life insurance so basically it's a how-to book on how to adult on um, that kids can get once they finish year 12 because there's a lot of kids that don't have that support but I want to give them a resource and a community so they can reach out and that will be linked up for a website with all the providers and so forth. So, um, so what's next, Beck? I'm just I'm, I'm ready to just absolutely unleash. Um, we're doing school talks, talking to principal associations. Um, it's all happening really, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's just some of the little things we've got going on. We've got f- uh, four more books coming too. So we've already, oh, wow. finished, we're already, yeah. finished, already finished two. The fourth one is um, we've we've um, mapped it out, and the fifth one is um, the fifth one's about acceptance, expect, accepting ourselves as well as others. And so, um, mm-hmm. a big thing is when we don't accept other people, when we um, you know we think they have to be like us, or if they don't think like us, we think they're stupid or whatever it is. Is just accepting the differences, and um, mm-hmm. you know that doesn't affect you. You just you just uh, if you accept people, you can actually um, be a lot friendlier. Awesome. So where can we direct the listeners if they, you know, just want to see more of Dave Powell, if they're thinking about maybe joining your 30-day challenge or they'd like a power book, where can they find you? Uh, So the Power Man book, powermanbook.com is the website. Uh, For any teachers out there who want the uh, uh, $500 worth of teacher notes for their school, it's teach.powermanbook.com. That's the, the website where they can download that. Uh, on Instagram, Dave Powell Tabain, D A V E P O W T A B A I N. Instagram is I just use it for for fun, really. But uh, or you can li- find me on uh, Facebook, and I'm about to get onto LinkedIn. So um, you can reach out for there, or even reach out on all your accounts, and I'm sure you can point them my way. 
Oh, that's awesome, Dave. Well, thank you for um, giving up your time today. Um, there's so much value in here for our listeners and um, I, you know, I can't can't wait to see what, you know, what the future holds for you. Looking forward to catching up actually in person again and I just really honour you and thank you for being on Living Your Best Life. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and uh, woo! <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's continue the momentum.